be masculine is to really have a purposeful direction. And without that, like a man without a purpose or direction is going to feel depressed, weak, lost. Yeah, it's often the, the masculine is needing this purpose in life to kind of feel fulfilled and whole. We each have elements of masculine and feminine inside us. And it's not that you have to be all one or all the other. And it's not depending necessarily on which kind of body you're born into. So I think there's there's like a masculine cycle that happens where the masculine has this purpose and direction. At some point you hit it. So that could be maybe a career goal or something, you know, I'm going to get this new job or I'm going to be financially free. But And then you get this freedom. It's like, yes, or you climb to the top of the mountain and you find suddenly you have it and you can, it's like you can die. Your lifelong passions, dreams, and aspirations, your joys and creative spurs, your femininity, your success, all in one place. This is Girl Skill with your host, Anna Rova. Hello, Girl Skill listeners, and welcome to another amazing episode of Girl Skill Podcast. And this time, yet again, with another man. If you're a new listener, I welcome you to the podcast. And you should know that this is not a regular episode, or maybe actually it will become a part of regular episodes where I interview men about masculinity, masculine leadership, women, femininity, relationship, polarity, and all that great stuff. But for now, just know that this is part of the special series where I interview men about all these amazing subjects, because before I was only interviewing women. So my guest today is Brett Christensen. He is a coach, a tantrika, and sacred sexual healing practitioner. He studied with the International School of Temple Arts, completing their level one and two practitioner training, as well as with various tantra schools around the world. Born and raised in Australia, Brett has spent more than five years traveling the world, learning from the best of the best in tantra, shamanism, and kink worlds. As part of this experience, he has also been studying and experimenting with different forms of relationships, such as polyamory. Ooh. The deep realizations and growth he had during this period made him leave his old life as a programmer and dedicate his life to helping others remove the guilt and shame around their sexuality and empower themselves to live the life they dream. Brett has helped dozens of people around the world with his one-on-one coaching programs, body work, sexual healing sessions, and many more through teaching workshops and live-streamed online events on topics like Tantra, BDSM, and sexuality. So, Brett joins me from Moscow, where he's traveling and living there. I asked him a few questions about Russian women, which I found very interesting. But anyway, so we talk with, it's a really interesting subject and very, very important, different. I haven't talked to other men about this, but the regular questions I ask Brett is what does he find attractive in a woman? Uh, we talk a little bit about masculine leadership and masculinity. And I really found this really incredible how he has distilled this you know, four core principles or how he calls them frameworks, four core masculine principles of presence, purpose, freedom, and consciousness. And he goes into depth what they mean when I asked him about masculinity. We talk a little bit about BDSM, which was very interesting and, you know, a complete discussion for another episode, but we just touched upon it. But liked and we jumped into straight talking about this is sacred sexuality for men and how men actually brett is primarily working now with men around healing guilt and shame around sexuality which you would think that what men have guilt and shame around sexuality well yes they do and the two main causes that 
you know, men come to bread for this kind of work is erectile dysfunction and premature ejaculation. And so we just talk about all of this, you know, it was very eye-opening and I love these conversations where we kind of challenge our beliefs and what we know about men, that they're these cocky, you know, secure beings that just want sex and all of these, but deep down inside there is a very vulnerable and tender core. So we talk about many different things. You know, what can women do today to actually help men transform and go through this experience? So we talk a little bit about feminism and how men shouldn't lose their masculinity and stay until the end because Brett recommends some books and also some people to follow. So I think you're going to find it very insightful. Yeah, please enjoy. And I'll see you at the end. Girl Skill. Female success redefined. All right, Girl Skill listeners, welcome to another awesome episode. And today I have a man with me all the way from Moscow, Brett Christensen. Welcome to Girl Skill. Hey, thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming. I know that you have quite a bit to say about what I'm going to talk to you about today, which is masculinity, masculine leadership, and all that good stuff. So this is a special segment, Brett. I usually interview women about female success and femininity and womanhood. So this is where I get to, we get to ask men and we get to see and listen to their part of the story. So Brett, before you introduce yourself, I have a few questions for you. The first one is, what do you find attractive in a woman? Hmm. So I consider myself to have a very masculine sexual essence. So I find very feminine women attractive. It's not just the way they dress or the way they look. It's like a, something about the energy of the woman, how she would act in her life, in conversation, all of these different aspects. It's like, it's kind of something you feel rather than something that's intellectual. Mm. Yeah. And so you've got to give us more detail, Brett. I can't <laughs> let you go off like this. <laughs> Describe to me what is that feminine woman? What's so attractive about her? Uh, it's it's like she has this infinite energy, infinite reserve of energy. She's full of life. She's radiant. Something like the way she smiles and the way she looks. She's not stressed. She's flowing with each moment. She's in the moment. That's probably a good way to say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what are some of the things that are important to you? In the woman. Yeah, like in a woman that you find attractive. I guess I'm leading this question into, does it matter how much money she makes, whether she's successful or not? Uh-huh. Um, sure. Where does she stand in the world? Like things like that? Yeah, I think these things can have a degree of importance for me. They show like a drive or an initiative. But these, uh, it's going a little bit more in kind of a masculine characteristics, I would say, which I think it's also important for women to have their own masculine essence, even if it's a much smaller part of them. But yeah, the the money, the career, that doesn't matter so much to me, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm assuming you identify with the role of a with the masculine role of a protector and a provider? <sighs> to an extent. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. in terms of being able to like physically protect and to provide like good solid decision making from a logical place, but then also being open to like feedback on that. That's more what I'm about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd like to dive deeper into into the journey a bit more. And of course, I'm going to ask you about masculinity in a second, but I'm curious, Brad, do you consider yourself successful and why? Yes, I do. So like career-wise, worked up to a very high level in my last career and 
but it wasn't really my purpose, which we're going to get into in, in a minute, I guess, about what I consider to be masculine. But one of the main things is to have a real purpose or direction. So I had a direction, but it wasn't really my truth or living my truth. But nevertheless, I got to a good level with that. And then to a point where I could support myself to do something that I'm much more passionate about, which is what I'm doing now. But in terms, I mean, that's just a financial career sense. But in terms of experience, yeah, I consider myself very, very successful. Like I traveled in, my goal was always to travel basically every country in the world to to see everything. I think I'm up to more than 60 countries now. Wow. And uh, the last three years I spent living in different cultures, kind of immersing, learning languages, all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And how is Moscow? How is Russia <laughs> in comparison to every place you've been to? I would say Moscow or Russia in general is is quite different to the West, at least in, in that they're holding more to their traditional gender roles and they don't mm-hmm. really, they don't apologize for it. Like they're aware of what we're doing in the West with feminism and so on. Even the women know it, but they would prefer to still be a feminine woman. So I think I heard it, you say it on one of your podcasts. It's like, if you could teach a dog to meow and a cat to bark, they can do it, but should they? I think this is kind of the Russian attitude. Yeah, you know what's funny? It's you know I get I get I get a lot of women obviously who love my content. I, I so I polarize women into one or the other, and I think a lot of the stuff that I write about is deeply influenced by you know my Russian father and growing up in Eastern Europe. And I I know exactly what you're talking about, and I come from that background. But obviously, I've lived in the West for since I was a teenager, and so I think that that's what it is about my work is that this is a very unique blend because I know exactly what you're talking about. And to be honest with you, most like in the post-Soviet republics and, and Russia, um, we were never as girls, we were never brought up as inferior to men, you know, and I never had that idea in my head that <laughs> men are somehow superior to women. And mm-hmm. and so we have that, you know, they say that a Russian woman will jump on a horse and run into a, a burning house. And <laughs> so Russian women are fierce and yes. very strong, but at the same time, they're quite feminine. And so I identify with that kind of role, you know, and it's it's really interesting culturally. So I was just curious what, what you have to say. And, and yeah, they don't apologize for it. Even the most successful women, they're still very feminine. You wouldn't see many of these women, even in, you know, power roles, so to say. And there's a lot of women who rule <laughs> in Russia, but they're not trying to be men. And so that's a very interesting cultural thing. And thanks for noticing that. Yeah, that's really just So I guess you feel good in Russia in terms of polarity and being a masculine man. <laughs> yeah, in terms of polarity, it's a, it's a very nice place to be. Yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. Uh, awesome. Um, okay, cool. Well, let's talk about the purpose. Tell me about your purpose and how you've discovered it and what it is right now. Okay. Well, I guess the first 10, 12 years of my career, I was doing programming, so computer programming. And I guess I got pretty good at that, but it always felt like uh, it wasn't quite aligned in that I wasn't having direct impacts on people, which is what I really like to do. And so I got into actually coaching fitness a bit a couple of years ago, and I found more direct impacts on people, which I liked, but I still didn't find 
impact I was having was exactly aligned. And then I guess for a few years, I've been studying Tao and Tantra, which are both kind of spiritual practices that involve mm-hmm. a degree of sexuality. And I was already really interested in these, in these topics of Tantra and Taoism, sacred sexuality. And then I happened to be in Thailand and I started studying with one school there. And I found that really resonated the teachings and the, the direction on this. And I, I felt like this is something that I can take to the wider world, maybe take some of the, the more spiritual stuff or the, uh, the woo-woo stuff out of it and actually teach it to, to normal people to improve their relationships and sex lives. So that's what I've been doing more or less the last two years. And mm. it feels very, very aligned and very strong to my purpose, mm-hmm. which is actually the, so my, I guess my core purpose that I've discovered is healing the guilt and shame around sexuality for, for everyone. <laughs> which maybe takes many lifetimes, but that's basically when I'm doing anything in life, I'm trying to align it to that, to that uh, core mission. Mm-hmm. And you mostly work with women or men? I'm mostly working with men. So when I'm coaching online, it's with men. Yeah, that's really interesting because I have, I've interviewed quite a few women who are actually, you know, doing this kind of work, healing guilt and shame around sexuality and are very passionate about it, but mostly for women. It's almost like, because it seems like the, the the feminine is, I mean, not it seems, I mean, it's very clear and it's absolutely true. The feminine is wound, wounded in terms of sexuality and repression. And, you know, there's so many stories we tell ourselves about, you know, our vaginas and our stories with them and our yonis and everything, you know, how we were, have been suppressed and all of that. So what you're doing is really interesting because I feel like, you know, men would actually and have owned their sexuality for centuries and in fact you know one could argue that it was what do you mean healing sexual shame for men you know so i'm very curious what do you have to say about that and what kind of work you do there well yeah it's very interesting you say that because i i do agree women have a lot of wounding around sexuality and you know going back centuries or millennia to to heal so no argument there but there is a lot of guilt and shame for men also and maybe it goes a little bit more unseen because men are not so good at talking about it or discussing it. But many of the men I work with, they have, they're having issues with things, either erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation is just two examples. And often there's this core thing that men feel they need to really perform and please the woman. Mm-hmm. And so if they can't do that or they perceive that they're not doing that, that's where they're building up a lot of guilt and shame. And often, like a very common story I hear is like early in their sexual kind of journey, they were with a woman, they couldn't get an erection or they came too quickly and she put a lot of shame onto them for that. Mm. So they're saying, you know, they're not a real man or just not maybe not seeing them again or something like this. And guys are deathly afraid of this judgment from women about their sexual mm-hmm. performance. So that's just one example. Yeah. And what do you think that stems from? I mean, is it cultural? Is it, what is it? Hmm. I think it's coming maybe from a core belief from men that women are not really enjoying the sexual experience as much as they are, or that women are perhaps just tolerating 
sex for their sake. That's mm-hmm. I think that's where it's coming from. Wow, it's really interesting. And so I'd love actually to talk about if you're ready to jump into it. I'd love to talk about sex and and this sexual because I haven't talked. You know, I've been, I'm interviewing a lot of men about different things within this realm, but sexuality actually I haven't talked about that male sexuality. And so if you don't mind, we can dive into that because that's sure. fascinating. But before that, I want to ask you about masculinity. So Brett, what is masculinity? It's somewhat difficult to define, but what I've come down to for myself is four elements. So the first one would be presence. So this is a, an ability to kind of hold space and to be fully present even when there's a lot of emotional turmoil or other turmoil happening around you. So an example of that might be if a man, his woman is having an emotional storm or breakdown at him, just to be able to sit there and witness it without uh, getting caught up in it and to be able to give his presence to her so that she can process through it. And that could manifest just as as good eye contact or just listening. But basically, it's being there, being focused, being unmoved. Okay? So the other ones, I would say, we already talked a little bit about purpose or direction. So I think to be masculine is to really have a purpose or direction. And without that, like a man without a purpose or direction is going to feel depressed, weak, lost. Yeah, it's often the the masculine is needing this purpose in life to kind of feel fulfilled and whole. I want to ask a question here about purpose and direction. I'll give you my example. So I was all over this masculine purpose. And I mean, not me. I mean, I was before when I was a super high achiever masculine woman Then I transformed and thus I met my husband. Mm -hmm. And so before I met him, I imagined this man, you know, like the man that you're describing, fully present, on his purpose, in the mission. You know, I read a lot of David Data and mm-hmm. it was I was there, you know, like that was it. And so when I met my husband, it wasn't that, you know, it was like, so that's my question is how does this purpose manifest? Because I would imagine, you know, that I want a man who's like on a mission. You know, David Data talks about, okay, he, he has a goal, he's on a mission, he has a life, but he, like he's going for it, you got to have it. And I was questioning because my man is a, is a very masculine man, but he doesn't have like, I wouldn't say that he has this like purpose to like change the world or, you know, like this big thing. He's just, I don't know, he's there to enjoy life. And now I think his purpose is our family, obviously, you know, his purpose is to take care of us. And But he's just like super relaxed in terms of, he's just, having fun and enjoying life and being very much in the moment and, you know, cracking a lot of jokes with us. And to me, this was, wow, I didn't think that, you know, maybe that's his purpose. Maybe, (laughs) like, I'm curious, what do you have to say about that? It's interesting. Yeah, maybe that is his purpose, is is to have a family. I mean, David Data, talk about him, he's often talking about a higher purpose and that you might even sacrifice the like it would stand above your duty to your family, relationship, whatever. I guess the other angle on this is we each have elements of masculine and feminine inside us. And it's not that you have to be all one or all the other. And it's not depending necessarily on which kind of body you're born into. So these things that your your husband's expressing, the wanting to flow and kind of enjoy life and everything, it's I would say it's more towards the feminine side. But this is just mm-hmm. one aspect, you know, like it's, he can yeah. be very masculine in these other aspects, 
but then this part of him is more on the feminine pole and perhaps you're you're providing more the purpose and direction well that's that's what i'm thinking because like i'm thinking in terms of work you know or like he's very good in terms of purpose and direction for our relationship and the family and like what's going on like you know he plans ahead and all of that so i completely trust that i'm in my feminine flow but in terms of work like like you know this podcast and my coaching, I like I'm on a mission. I have a message. Mm-hmm. And he we're actually business partners. And so he's very much supporting me in the background with the tech, the marketing, and all of that. And so so maybe that's his purpose. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to help me kind of and that's what's really happening. Like he's been a catalyst and such a change maker and such a great influence on how I in general, how I show up in the world with my message and in, in business. Yeah, really interesting. Okay, well, sorry, I, I kind of interrupted and had a question <laughs> there. So we were on on what is masculinity. So you mentioned, Brett, number one is presence and holding space. Number two is purpose and direction. Uh, please continue. Yeah, so number three, uh, I would say would be freedom. So I guess if you, we talked a little bit about what David Data might say about this, but my personal impression is it's wanting to be free of constraints or to uh, to struggle against something and then to be free of it. And I think this this actually works with the purpose and direction. These two are kind of working hand in hand. So I think there's there's like a masculine cycle that happens where the masculine has this purpose and direction. At some point, you hit it. So that could be maybe a career goal or something. You know, I'm going to get this new job, or I'm going to be financially free. But and then you get this freedom. It's like yes, or you climb to the top of the mountain and you find suddenly you have it, and you can. It's like you can die, or like you you died in some way. You can lay down your burden. But then very soon, so you have the freedom which you attained. But very soon you'll you'll find you're lacking this purpose and direction, and you're going to want that again so it's like cycling between the struggle having the purpose and direction and then the eventual freedom that happens and then going back into another struggle mm-hmm. which is very different to the feminine right <laughs> very different yeah yeah okay what's the last one the last one i believe is is like consciousness and that in a, in a very philosophical sense in that the masculine is more in the mind and thinking and the feminine is generally more embodied, okay? So if these were two sides, uh, like in tantric philosophy, actually in, in a lot of different uh, Eastern philosophies, we talk about the masculine being kind of thought and consciousness, so everything that is not manifested in the world. Mm. So these are like ideas that, are, that don't actually exist yet in reality, and then the feminine is like everything you see around you, it's the energy. So in that sense, it's like masculine is pure, is consciousness and that's also linking back to the presence i said before it's like you can stay present and then provide your consciousness to the feminine okay and did you find that most men would identify with this masculine description of this description of masculinity yeah it's interesting i would say pretty much all men could identify with purpose direction and the freedom when you explain the cycle they go through a lot less men are identifying with presence. Mm. But I think this is probably the biggest area where where they could be working on. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when they're with women, right? <laughs> yes, 
So, Brett, I want to ask you something that that I've been very curious about, because, you know, you mentioned and we all know both men and women, we have masculine and feminine. It's just predominantly women would identify being in the feminine and then men would identify being in the masculine. But I'm curious, do you think and in your work with men or, you know, while well, you're talking to women in your own experience, do you feel like the masculine in women is the same? as in the same texture or the same quality, as in you you just describe what is masculinity, presence, purpose, freedom, and consciousness. Would you say that women kind of show up in the world in masculine ways that are the same in texture and flavor to men or different? If not the same, at least very similar. And I think women really need to develop these masculine qualities to an extent because sometimes we as men need them. Like we might need our woman to be present with us you know, for example, or to hold space for us to go deep into something. If they're the same, similar. Yeah, mm-hmm. my, that's my experience. <laughs> yeah, well, well, what I'm asking is also because, you know, when we think about the feminine qualities and how they how they manifest in men, I found that there is a subtle difference between, you know, a man who is vulnerable and gentle and in his feminine and like my husband when he's in his feminine and how I am. It's different and I can feel it. So it's not the same, you know, the yin and the yang in men and women are different energy. Mm. I mean, you know, the description is the same, but how they manifest and represent, I think is different. So I, I was just curious what, what you've noticed. Well, what I would say on that is often, so often women have had a lot more practice developing their feminine. So it's a much more mature feminine mm-hmm. qualities than a man who maybe is still quite immature in his feminine side. And also the opposite for women. So perhaps the masculine just hasn't had enough development yet. And this can be the difference in quality. Yeah. And it's actually, I think, just easier for us to embody our kind of, you know, natural essence. Therefore, it's manifesting differently. That's true. Yeah. All right. Great. So, Brett, I didn't give a chance for you to introduce yourself, but I think you already told us what you do. And did you want to add anything to what you do and to introducing yourself? Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm primarily working with men, doing coaching for them. Uh, I'm also occasionally running workshops on Tantra and actually some other other more sexy topics like BDSM and how to do that consciously. Primarily coaching and, and writing at this moment. Conscious BDSM. Wow, <laughs> that should be like another episode. I got to ask you this. What is conscious BDSM? It's bringing, I guess, elements of sacred sexuality and BDSM together. So having full presence, not using any kind of drugs or substances, which can happen in kind of the darker sides of that community and really... And BDSM, could you... What is BDSM for someone who might not know? Ah, that's that's an acronym, which it's kind of an umbrella term, actually, for a whole bunch of practices. Um, But if you were to think of Fifty Shades of Grey, that's the kind of dramatic depiction of BDSM. Yeah. It stands for bondage, so that could be some kind of tying with rope. If you've if you've ever heard of Shibari, that's a really beautiful practice that falls under that. Submission and domination, or that's the DS. So that can that's mm-hmm. playing with power, power dynamics. So it's kind of a, a conscious giving up of power by one party, who would be the submissive to the person being dominant. If you're doing it consciously, it's always within a particular container, negotiated kind of thing with uh, ways to get out of it. And that can also be really beautiful practice. Also for someone to 
I would say the submissive role is more the feminine role. So it can be firstly for a man wanting to experience more like what it is to have feminine surrender, he could go into this submissive role, even if it's not his natural kind of inclination. But women in particular that are working in very stressful careers would really probably enjoy this submissive role because mm-hmm. it's like you're fully giving up control at least for a, point, a period of time. The other bits of the acronym are basically sadomasochism. So it's basically that's playing with pain, so giving and receiving pain, mm. which maybe sounds a bit tough, but, yeah, some people are really enjoying that as well and can be done consciously. Well, I can tell you, Brett, that probably me and all the listeners have fantasized about some of this stuff in their lifetime. So, and I think we're all kind of curious about, especially this Fifty Shades of Grey, which uh, I didn't actually enjoy the movies. I enjoyed reading the book, but then I went into reading the story of O, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Mm -hmm. Do you know about the story of O? Yeah, the book, that was quite intense. But okay, well, maybe we'll leave the BDSM for another hot uh, episode. But I would like to continue with the discussion about sexuality and men, because I think this is a really important discussion to have, because as I said, there is so much talk today about, you know, the repressed feminine sexuality and all of this and how the female bodies were basically discarded. And there's still, of course, with all the Me Too movement and all of this. But I'm curious, tell us more about what are you finding in men like what so you mentioned to me that you know the some of the common problems they're coming uh to you with our erectile dysfunction and then premature ejaculation and then how you know this quest to perform and please a woman in bed is is actually a very important one to men and a lot of them are suffering so where should we take it from here? Maybe you can tell us about the pain or the misery that men are in. And actually, I'm curious, like this physical, which would seem physical symptoms, mm-hmm. erectile dysfunction, pre- premature ejaculation, which I have experienced myself, Brett, and I definitely have thought less of a man that was in front of me, like many women listening. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, how do you work with that in terms of energy or where does it come from and how do men uh, pass through that and really transform? Okay. Uh, There's a few aspects to it. The first thing that I really like comes from kind of tantric sex, which is letting go of the goal of sex, basically. Instead Mm -hmm. of focusing on either the man focusing on his orgasm or the woman or focusing on the woman's orgasm and pleasure, it's like, just let this go and be fully in the moment, enjoying every sensation and kind of letting the rest take care of itself. The root cause of most erectile dysfunction, if it's not a physical thing, and most of the time it's not, it's, a, it's purely mental. It's often the guy is too much in his head. I don't know if you've, you've read much into the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems before or anything in that space. I've read a little bit about it, but not too much. Now, if you could explain it to us, that'd be great. Yeah. So in, just in like a high level view of it, basically the sympathetic is activated it's kind of like the fight or flight response. So as you're getting more agitated or stressed and the parasympathetic is activated when you are relaxing. Okay. And for a man to get an erection, he needs to be strongly activated in the parasympathetic and not in the sympathetic. Mm-hmm. So basically said another way, then you need to be relaxed and out of your head in order to get an erection. And the, the opposite of that is for a man to have ejaculation, he actually gets very activated in this stress response. So you see that as as the man is approaching his ejaculation, he's moving faster, his breathing increases, his heart rate goes up, 
he's basically very strongly activated there and then he will he will come so basically what we teach or what is taught in tantra is like hey relax and that that achieves two things which is both to give an erection and the second is to not ejaculate because you're you're having this uh, relaxation response it's usually usually kind of breathing techniques mental things like mm-hmm. meditation that can help with this and just being more more in the moment yeah, well, how do you do that? So when you say they're in their head, what does that mean? So like, is he thinking about like how to please her or like, what is he thinking about? It's often a variation of, oh shit, I'm not having an erection. What's happening? Or, mm. you know, if I don't get one, what's she going to think of me? Maybe she's going to think that she's ugly or, you know, and then she's going to feel bad and I'm going to feel bad because I've made her feel bad or she's going to think I'm not a man or it's often variations on this. And then it can just be as simple as like, well, what am I going to do next? You know, I'm often as men, we're in this logical mode and we're thinking, okay, so uh, I've tweaked her nipple three times. Now I will touch the inner thigh a little bit and scratch it and then move to the clitoris. It's like like a, following an instruction manual. Uh, and yeah, you're right. And being in the head, mm-hmm. you know, not you're not being in the present moment when you're thinking three steps ahead about exactly how you're going to, make this thing happen yeah because so here's what we women don't think about and this is very useful i think for this was very useful for me to realize i didn't think about it in sex necessarily but i thought about okay let's say we're in a bar and and you want to approach me like Mm -hmm. as a man you have to produce a scenario in your head about what are you going to say how are you going to do it and then what goes on next and then women don't think about this neither on a date nor in sex. I don't think about what's going to happen next. I mean, I mean, I kind of do, but not, I don't think I think like three steps in advance. I'm just yeah. there in the flow and I assume my, you know, string to do his thing. And I assume that he'll know what to do and just a little bit here and a little bit there and please spend a lot of time there. Like, and a lot of times I don't tell him what to do and then I get frustrated because he doesn't do what I want him to do. And so it's, it's a whole, it's, it's a mess, but you're right. It's when we really think about guys and and especially like if it's you know a third date or whatever when it's coming to sex and it's the first time but probably every time uh men think about what do i do next with her so that it brings her pleasure and so that i can you know be the man in in here and so she can have a good time and then i can have a good time is that how it works (laughs) yeah more or less and that's that's kind of the paradox because as a man Mm -hmm. you are leading it or as a masculine sexual energy you, you are you do need to lead it. Like you need to approach the the woman in the bar. You need to go talk to her. You need to decide where the date will be and kind of lead, moving things forward or at least nudging them forward. But at the same time, if you're losing that, like when it comes to the bedroom and you're losing that presence because you're thinking too far ahead or thinking too logically about what the woman will want, that's, that's kind of how it's getting lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very hard to play both at the same time. So what are you teaching men, Brett? Like, how do you do that? How do you plan ahead and lead, uh, which, which is what women want, but also be very present in it? Yeah, so I think the, the biggest factors that helped me in this was, number one was meditation. So learning to like concentrate and be fully in the present moment. And number two was learning Tantra and learning to what really does it mean to hold space as a masculine presence? Mm. 
And once these things become kind of automatic, I guess it's kind of, you're still leading, you're still thinking a little bit ahead, but then being able to drop back into the present moment and relax again. It's like, okay, I can see, you know, we need to, this needs to move towards the bedroom or, you know, Mm -hmm. this kind of thing, but still being able to drop back and then give the presence again. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a switching, I would say. And is it true, like, would you say most men who appear confident in the bedroom are actually not? Or how does that work? Uh, what do you mean? You mean they appear confident in the bedroom from from an external appearance, but then they're not when you actually get there? Yeah, because it, it would seem to me that it's a lot of fake it until you make it kind of a thing. And it's a lot sure. of practice and experience. <laughs> <laughs> And I wanted to ask you, Brett, so are you not, I mean, you're a tantra practitioner, it seems like, so are, have you not ejaculated for like 10 years and have you <laughs> Kundalini energy to like achieve enlightenment? Oh, I, I guess, uh, <laughs> I, I think I've had some like rare glimpses of enlightenment, but I'm definitely not enlightened. Um, mm. like, like just for small periods of time. But in terms of a, like a non-ejaculation, uh, I'm actually not so strict on this. It's like if you mm-hmm. if you do a strict reading of Tantra, they do say, yeah, you don't ejaculate ever. It's a waste of your ojas or life energy. I prefer more the if you're aware of Taoist philosophy, they have a lot like and they also emphasize non-ejaculation, but they're more saying it's based on your firstly your age and kind of your strength. So they're also believing that you you do lose this life energy when you ejaculate, but they at least make it reasonable. And they're like, okay, so when, when you're 20, you could ejaculate once every two or three times you have sex or, you know, once every second time. When you're 30, it's once every three or four times and so on mm-hmm. it goes. Sometimes also based around a time period. So it might be like in your 20s, once a, you know, once a day, every couple of days, in your 30s, once every week. 40s once mm. per month and so on and the effect that i've that i've seen from that on myself is just a lot more vigor and drive in life and also a lot more enjoyment in sex which sounds like a paradox but by taking the focus away from ejaculation like i'm able to be a lot more present because i'm it's just more or less it's one less thing to worry about um yeah it also takes the pressure off the woman so i think a lot of the times the the woman feels like it's her role just to get the man to this ejaculation so i found often by telling my partners that like hey by the way i'm not i'm not going to ejaculate and this is why it's my my spiritual practice and they're like they almost relax and then somehow the sex is better from that yeah because they're not they're focusing more on their own pleasure than or also on my pleasure, but not to the point where they need to, they feel like they need to achieve something. Yeah, I feel like this, this, you're right, like this pressure about the climax and the, the orgasm is just, I, we've, so we've dropped it once we had a baby because literally there's no time or, or whatever. Like for me, for us, it just became more, more important in the intimacy of it, especially for me. Like I don't freaking care if anybody orgasms anymore. Like, <laughs> And but I can tell you that I still to this day there is this achievement as from my side, as in like, oh, is he gonna orgasm or not? Mm-hmm. You know? And sometimes you just do it because you just wanna get it over with, you know? 
<laughs> like it's hard for me to admit, but it's true. And I feel like so many women, especially married women, would identify. And that naturally happens, you know, but I think we've gotten to a really good place where it's just the intimacy of it. Like I absolutely love, and we have scheduled sex, Brett, because we have a baby and that's how things work. And actually it has just really so much pressure and so much more in the moment than just enjoying the touch and, and being together and all of that. So that's amazing. That has been an amazing experience. So Brett, for all the women listening, because I think this is very beneficial for all of us, what can we do as, as women? to help, you know, if we find ourselves in a situation where there is an erectile dysfunction or, you know, premature ejaculation, what can we do as women to not let the, the men, I don't know, like to, to help or to kind of feel, you know, make it less awkward? Okay. Well, the first thing I would say is take the pressure off, like let him know it's okay. Like, hey, this, this happens sometimes. That's not a problem. Basically, the more that he focuses on the erection, the more he's in his head, the less likely it is to happen. Also, just try stimulating other parts of the body. Like anything that can make him relax is good. So even if you can get him to laugh or like smile, just uh, it sounds a bit like cuddle with him, stroke him, like touch different parts, which are also very sensitive. Like, I don't know, scratching the skin. I really like that. Like if a woman runs her nails down my arm, like scratching it, that can be... Or like the the neck, like men are also sensitive in their body, in their skin. <laughs> yeah, which is like what are they? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, I've personally had an orgasm from my well now ex partner just licking my elbow, like the that really sensitive spot on the inside of the elbow, and that wasn't an orgasm where I ejaculated. It was like this more energetic. But yeah, that's that's just one example. Like, there's there's other things you can do, and also, I guess you can you could get him to focus on you for a little bit. So whether that's using fingers, tongue, whatever, but any something that's not his dick. Like, I would say, I know we talked a bit about not chasing an orgasm before, but one of the most erotic things for me that works is is to see the woman right like writhing in pleasure like moving that's that's very erotic for me so yeah either put putting the focus on places away from his penis for a little bit or getting him to focus on you or just doing anything that will make you relax so it could even be sitting back and just looking in each other's eyes and not talking yeah beautiful yeah. all right thank you brett uh this is this is very helpful i think and uh let's switch gears and we're towards the end of our interview so i'd love to talk about one more thing before we move on sure. which maybe some books and people and then you can tell all the women listening where they can find more about you we're going to talk about some practical realities of our world today and feminism so where do you think men fit in today's feminism yeah so i think as Feminism is actually a really great force for creating equality. And I think that that was something that was really desperately needed. But I think it's become a bit distorted to a point where it's kind of like a division, like us and them, separation of people. And I think it would be better if we could see each other more at like a soul level, that we're not actually so so different. We're all like a human spirit inside. We've been given these different bodies and that changes our behavior but we're all here to love and to help each other and putting more division doesn't help things 
So where can men fit in that? Yeah, I think recognition that there has been a wounding of the feminine, like that's something I do believe. So it's not that this didn't happen, but also not losing your masculinity. Not like, I think it's often throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Like men, men are kind of confused. They're like, okay, so if we needed feminism in the first place, then masculinity must be bad. So displaying masculine traits is also bad. I think it can go a bit in this direction. And so we end up with very soft and weak men that are not willing to lead or step up because they're afraid to. Yeah, they're just not expressing their masculine characteristics in a mature way or from love. Mm-hmm. So I think men could could learn to be masculine from a place of love that's not distorted, not trying to control or overpower, but to provide like good leadership in a good direction. Mm-hmm. So what is that leadership? What is that healthy masculine leadership? Yeah, I think instead of being forceful, it's like it's providing that that really good logical consciousness piece that the masculine can bring. But in the end, the woman has, like, the man can make a decision, okay? But the woman has to go along with it. It's not as if she's forced to do so. And if that's something in her life, like providing an opinion or something like that, perhaps it's saying, okay, so if a woman asks a question, about it, I can provide my opinion, like here's what I would do and why, but allowing her the space to make that decision on her own as well. Makes sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what you said is, especially what you mentioned about mature masculinity and, and leading from a place of love is at the core and yeah. not I, not leading with a toxic masculinity. Yeah. I think that's what you mean as well. All right, awesome. Not forgetting all these great gifts the masculine can bring and like unique yeah. characteristics as well that are desperately needed, I think. Yeah, for sure. Okay, great. So, Brett, now who are some of the people that you'd like to recommend or you find inspiring and also maybe a book or two that you'd like to recommend that you found transformational? Okay, well, definitely, uh, like we talked about David Data already, I can absolutely recommend him. Mm-hmm. His book, I think the, the most popular one would be The Way of the Superior Man. Yeah. I can recommend that for both men and women. So I've had a number of the women in my life read that and say, wow, that was mind-blowing and it kind of changed how they relate to men and themselves. He has another book called The Enlightened Sex Manual, which goes more in the direction of Tantra and Taoism. It's an interesting read, but I think uh, if you want to learn about those topics, it's better to either attend a workshop or get someone to help you with it because it's kind of like it's if you would read a book on riding a bicycle versus riding one. It's a, big, it's a bit of a difference. I'm also going to recommend. There's a guy called Bruce Lyon. The last name is spelled L-Y-O-N. And mm-hmm. you can look up some of his stuff on YouTube, his lectures. He has written some books. They're not, I wouldn't say, totally approachable, but he's a big influence for me. Who else? I think that's... No one else is springing to mind at this moment. I mean, I've said many influences, yeah, that's good. And any other books that are coming to mind or there would be it? On the Taoist side of things, uh, I mentioned Tao before and that side is a book by a guy called Mantak Chia. It's called The Multi-Orgasmic Man. That's, mm. I would say, more for men. But I think he did write one called The Multi-Orgasmic Woman as well. So maybe that's interesting for your listeners, but maybe they want to get the first book for their, for their husband. <laughs> 
that's kind of teaching a little bit in this direction of controlling sexual energy and how to control the ejaculation and this kind of stuff. Yeah, great. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Brett. This was super interesting. And for all women who want to know more about your work or find your line, where can they do so? Okay, so I've got a website. It's infinitemasculine.com. That's basically my site where I've got a blog. Uh, You can read about my coaching and everything there. Uh, I'm also going to put up an offer page for your listeners as well. So they can just go to infinitemasculine.com slash girlskill and see what I've got to offer there for you. Uh, Basically, I, with an application process, I offer free two hours coaching to people. And then from there, we decide whether it becomes more like a working relationship or not. I don't work with everyone. It's just, so yeah, it's, it's by application. So they can find out more about it there. Also on Instagram, which is Brett, B-R-E-T-T underscore C-H-R on Instagram. Hmm, cool. Yeah. I will link to all of that in the show notes for this episode. All right, Brett, thank you so much. I wish you all the best with your travels and your last day in Moscow. And we'll keep in touch. Thank you. Thanks, Anna. All right, girlfriends, before I tell you how you can share this episode and charge your karmic energy and where to find all the show notes and links to what my guest has just mentioned, I really wanted to extend a personal invitation to you. If you have listened to this episode until the end and you are here with me today, and if you have been listening to episodes of Girl Skill, I know that you have a special connection to me and to the message that I'm bringing into the world about femininity and womanhood and feminine embodiment. And if you do, I have a very personal invitation for you. You know, I know you're here because you crave more. You crave more joy, more radiance, and more freedom. Therefore, you're listening to this podcast to really find what is that feminine path. You're a woman who wants to stand tall on her feet to go for what you want and create a life that would make you wake up with excitement every day. But you're not there yet. You're still looking for an answer, a doorway, and a path. And I've been there, and I know how it feels. That voice in your head that is doubting and questioning, what if I fail? What if it doesn't work? What if he's not the one? That crazy loop, that same ceiling you keep hitting every time, whether it's a pattern of unworthy men, poor decisions, anxiety, or not feeling good enough. Well, the good news is that there is a way out, and I want to show it to you. It's actually a way in into a different kind of path, a different kind of journey, a feminine, powerful path that those women who live in alignment with their feelings and desire have discovered and will never go back to the old ways. The deep knowing and truth that each one of us has, but most of us don't know how to access, that reservoir of infinite wisdom, clarity, and confidence, that flow, ease, and lightness. Would you like to experience that? If yes, I've just opened up my calendar for a few extra one-on-one free discovery sessions this week, and I'd love to speak to you in person. If you've been reading my post, as I mentioned, listening to this podcast and have an urge to reach out and explore the possibility of coaching with me, this is your chance. So you could apply for your discovery call at girlskill.com slash apply, girlskill.com slash A-P-P-L-Y. 
What we're going to do on this call is actually, and it's free, you know, what we're going to talk to you about is your biggest challenge and what's stopping you from what you want. I'll share some insights with you from my perspective. And if you're open to it and I feel like you're a good fit, I'll tell you more about how we can work together. And before you go, well, before you listen to the show notes and links, I want to tell you that who is this for? This is for women who are in transition looking for a different way to connect to yourself and your femininity on a deeper level. This is for women who feel that there is something missing despite the fact that they have a perfect life and the perfect perceived success, who want to attract the right partner or enrich your current relationship with a man and create a family, who are tired of doing it all and proving everything to everyone, and who are serious about their self-development and taking their life to the next level of pleasure, magnetism, and a different way of living as a woman, but very importantly, who are ready to invest in themselves financially and who want personalized help and guidance from me. You know, I think that life is too short to live in a female body and life is too short to live this way where we're tired, confused, we don't know what's stopping us. So if this is calling for you, you feel a... Mm, body, yes. If I would be you and you fit in any of this description, I'd jump on call ASAP, girlskill.com slash apply. And I hope to see you on the call. And I'm really here to help women and guide them through this dark, confusing terrain of femininity womanhood and how to live in a world where you just let go and surrender and let things come to you, where you just stop pushing so hard and proving everything to everyone. That's not the way how it's supposed to work. So girlskill.com slash apply. And I'm curious, will this be you? Well, friends, uh, ladies, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I feel like this episode has to be shared with everyone, men and women in your life. So click share right from your podcasting app or and send it to one man in your life that really needs to hear this powerful interview and one woman that really needs to hear this powerful interview. You can simply send them to girlskill.com slash 141 or share this podcast straight from your podcasting app. And girlskill.com slash 141 is where you find all the show notes and links as well. Keep running with the wolves, lady, because we have some other amazing men coming to the podcast as well. And I shall talk to you next week with another amazing episode of Girl Skill Podcast. And as usual, don't forget to sign up for my free webinar on the live female success at girlskill.com slash webinar, where I'll share my tips and tricks and my journey to becoming a feminine woman and embracing my emotions and attracting a masculine men. All right. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to Girl Skill. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher to never miss an episode. And never forget that your version of success is uniquely yours to live and experience. Until next time, let's continue redefining female success together. Girlskill.com. Female success redefined.